Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. The culture of a school is a careful balance of a number of essential elements, not the least of which is great teachers doing what they love to the best of their ability and all rowing as a team towards a common goal of training the next generation for the Lord. It is rare to sense that at a school, but I have had the incredible opportunity to experience that several times. And today, we are privileged to have joining us the principal from one such school. But first, I want to say thank you to our listeners for making the Teacher Edition podcast a part of your day. Regardless of how your day has gone or you think it might go, we trust that your time with us will be a bright spot and an encouragement to you as you serve as a Christian educator. As we get started today, I want to again give you a quick reminder to take a minute to subscribe to the podcast. If you have friends who are not listening in, please share the podcast with them as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. That's Teacher Edition Pod. And lastly, we are really enjoying taking your questions. So don't let up in sending those in. Take a minute to go to our website. That's TeacherEditionPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our emails and you can also submit your questions and your stories, of course. The possibilities for questions are endless. So no matter what grade you're in or what subject you're teaching, Please send those in, and we look forward to sharing them on the show. So, as I mentioned briefly as we kicked off this episode, every once in a while, you walk into a school and you sense something is different, and I'm a good something different. (laughs) You can sense the togetherness, togetherness in mission and standard of excellence, a togetherness in a love for what God has called them to do. Um, togetherness in spirit and in an ultimate focus of glorifying Christ through their school. And that's exactly what I experienced in a trip I took last spring to California, actually to speak at a Christian educators conference. There's a difference in the school. There was a camaraderie and a spirit among the teachers from Newport Christian School that really stood out to me. And there were multiple schools there. And I really enjoyed interacting with so many teachers. But over and over, The teachers from Newport just stood out to me as I interacted with them and I observed them interact with each other. So not long after meeting some of the teachers, I observed them interacting with their principal. And as I had the opportunity to meet and interact with him, I could really see I had met the leader of the camaraderie and the spirit that I was observing over and over in these teachers. So we are so honored to have that principal. Kevin Cyprian with us today on the podcast. So Kevin, thank you for joining us and allowing us to pick your brain just a bit today. Oh, thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to uh, share a little bit of what Newport Christian School is with, uh, with you and whoever may be listening. And I'm excited too. So Kevin has a very interesting story, as does Newport Christian School. And I want him to share that story briefly with you. But by way of a little bit of background, Kevin began at Newport Christian in 1995. He spent 12 years teaching fifth grade. Unfortunately, the enrollment of the school was dwindling, so Kevin shifted and became the supervisor of a learning center there at Newport Christian. For two years, he was over the learning center, and the learning center contained grades six through 12 and all different subjects. After those two years, he left the classroom and went and was 
overseeing the finances for the church and the school. And he did that for three years and then returned to teach a combined second and third grade class. In 2013, he took on the dual role of teacher and principal. And most recently, he's been teaching algebra and Bible along with being principal. So he is not bored. I think we can all agree to that. He has a bachelor's degree from Colorado Technical Institute and a master of education degree from the American College of Education, both online. And currently, on top of everything else he's overseeing, he is working on his doctorate of education from Liberty. So if teaching and being principal aren't enough, he has completed these degrees online while being fully involved in school. So that's only part of Kevin's story, though, and really that of Newport Christian as well. So Kevin, I'd like to start with a little more of your story, if you don't mind. Not only is it a story of God's amazing work, but I believe it will really set a great backdrop for our time together today. Yeah. Um, so as far as my story goes, you, you kind of you covered the highlights of there and and I think for me, um, one of the things that 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 I appreciate and I, I like, our God does amazing things. And when I actually started in ministry, um, I tell people all the time, I didn't even start. I wasn't in the classroom. I wasn't teaching. I actually came in the ministry as the groundskeeper and the cook for our school. And then I just felt that God was calling me into education, but that I was not supposed to um, be leaving my church. Because I didn't have a background in education. I didn't want to leave and I didn't want to go. So um talked to my pastor and one event led to another. And then as you said, you went through the through the uh through the list there of things that I've done and just amazing what God has been able to do in my life. And I I just look back on it and I see how God's hand has been in it. Yeah. Can you talk with us about the growth of the school from 2010 to the present? That is such an interesting story. I loved hearing that. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, that that was uh, well interesting as a way to put it. Now at the time, it wasn't uh, it wasn't so exciting. So it was about 2008, 2009, 2010, and you know we were going through. Many people remember the Great Recession, and uh, schools were closing down, and our school was not um, immune to all that our enrollment really went down. It went to um, 17 students. We had a total of 17 students and we had two classrooms, a kindergarten class and a combination first and second grade class. And then while I was doing the finances of the, uh, of the school, you know, pastor had talked to the deacons and everybody. And he said, you know, it looks like we're going to have to close the school. And so being in the position I was, I said, Hey, pastor, look at this. The, uh, the kindergarten class and the first and second grade class, they're paying for themselves. So, I mean, that's a, that's a part of Christian education. You still have to pay for it. And so he said, let's keep those. And that's why we kept those two open. And then we started adding grades, 2011, 2012, 2013, and just the Lord blessed. And the school's been growing ever since. And then COVID happened and, you know, a lot of shift in education a lot of parents were moving away from public school. They'd seen some of the things that, quite frankly, they didn't know was going on in public school. And um, so they came over to Christian schools and we looked at that as an opportunity to, to as like a mission field, we can witness to these students and we can begin to share uh, Jesus with them. And so we continued to do that. And we just, we felt like we had to do the right thing by these students and these families. And so over the years, it's grown now from 17 students to last year, we had a record enrollment of 425 students. And so just amazing what God has done. Yeah, that is just incredible to hear again, what an amazing work that God did. And 
just to hear how God used your faithfulness and those of others who were there during that time and stuck through that. And that took faith. And God is still using that faith and hard work, obviously, in the lives of hundreds of students every day. So thank you for sharing that with us. So let's talk about teachers. One thing that stuck out to me during my time in California was your teachers. And in the midst of a huge conference crowd, they were some of the first ones that I met. There was something different about them. And knowing some of them, when they listen to this, they will probably run with that statement that there's something different about them. But it's a good different. It was obvious that they were all in. They were there at the conference, but they were all in. They were participating um, in the sessions and with each other and with guests. They were interacting. They're very upbeat and approachable. They really brought much to the table. And as I walked around, their classrooms were top notch and reflected a growth mindset. They didn't have a stale look. And really an understanding, too, of best practices. I saw some really great new things that are coming out, and they were incorporating that already in their classrooms. And of course, it was obvious they have a grasp of their mission to train children for the glory of Christ. So obviously, there's a standard of excellence. But would you talk with us about what does it take to make a great teacher? What's behind all that? Yeah, I you know I have the advantage or disadvantage of being at one school for my entire career. So I don't know what other schools do. I don't know what other teachers do. But I'll tell you this. Um, I say our teachers are rock stars. I, I, I believe they're rock stars. They know what they're, they're ready to go. They're ready to walk in the classroom. But there's three things that I tell them or we talk about. I don't say I tell them, but in my philosophy is that to be a great teacher, number one, you need to know your content. You need to know what you're going to be teaching those kids who are in front of you. You can't teach from something you don't know. And so Know what you're, if you're teaching first grade phonics, you got to know phonics. You have to know how to, if you're teaching high school math, you got to know that. And not just what the, what the book says, you know, you have to know and anticipate like what questions are going to come up and do this. So you can't, you can't figure that all out, but you can have a really good idea. So just know your content. You have to know that walking in. That's what you're there to do. Um, the second thing, and, and it kind of dovetails with that, good classroom management techniques you, I mean, you can have a teacher who knows their content, but if you can't control the classroom and it's chaos, you're not going to get anywhere. You can have the best lesson plan. You can have everything just in order. You can have your books there. You can have your visuals. You can have everything, but your classroom is, is chaos. It's not going to work. And those kids need structure. They need to know that the teacher is there. There's a plan and they need to know what to do. Because honestly, in my opinion, that's a lot of times where the kids mess up or they do things they don't know what to do. So they're trying, they're like, I don't know. So let's do this. And, and it just causes problems. Um, and so you got to be able to have classroom management skills, read some books, go through some, um, go some professional development, do some things that you got to do, build your toolkit, if you will, and have those things in there so that um, you, if one tool isn't working, hey, you, you, you get out the other one and, and that's what works. And some days you need, you know, a small pair of pliers and other days you need a bigger hammer. I don't know, but you just need to have For the whole toolbox. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a whole toolbox of things because just one thing doesn't work. And so and kids are different. Days are different. Your day changes so much. It's unbelievable, unbelievable how that is. And then I think the um, the third thing is because those kids are coming from homes is you need to know how to talk to those parents. Those are their babies. Those are their those are their kids, and they love their kids. They know their kids. They know what their strong suits are, what their weaknesses are, 
And so when they're in the classroom with you, and you know this, sometimes sometimes you get a kid who acts a little bit different in the classroom than they do at home. And you have those conversations with the parent. They're like, is that my kid? Is that, <laughs> did he do that? And you're like, yeah, that was, and that that's what happened. So, but to have a conversation with parents, I think for me, the most important thing, parents want to know that they're heard. They want to know that they have input into what's happening with their kids at school um, and what's happening with that teacher. They want it. They want to. They want to be heard. Like you've got to listen to what they have to say. Um, and you're a team. I tell them all the time. We we have we have great teachers. We have great parents, and we have great curriculum. We can't lose. And so we're it's it's a win 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 for everybody. Um, but that's that's my take on what does it take to be a great teacher. It's just it all goes together. Um, and works together. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so I'm listening and I pulled from that. We need to know our content. We need to work on our classroom management and our communication working with parents. So I'm going to add in another C for us to talk about, and that's culture. So as we started this episode, I mentioned culture, and that can be a big and broad term and maybe one that's probably a bit difficult to define at times, but every school has one. Every school has a culture and Newport Christian has a definite culture and one that was impressive and a culture of growth and kindness and camaraderie, Christ focus and fun. Speaking of fun, I really hope you will sneak in the story about your famous hiding Christmas sign. I I love that story and I know our listeners will love that, but I could give so many examples of this that I observed while I was there and in different settings and in ways, but I want to talk culture. So talk with us about how you created and how you have you are continuing to create the culture at Newport Christian. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the culture is a team effort. It's definitely a team effort. And I would say, um, before I get into that, it starts, with, it starts with our leadership and our pastor. It's a huge thing. Our school is a ministry of our church. And the culture is important and it's important. It's been important to him. It's important to me. It's important to our staff that we build this culture that says, you know, um, you are loved here. There's people here who care about you and we want to continue to uh, develop those relationships. Um, For me, again, culture comes down to two things. And and it might be a little bit hard to define, but um, number one is do the right thing and that's that's not always easy to do. That's not always just this, this like what is the right thing, you know? And people ask that question. What do you base that on? And to me, that's that's about your 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 personal conduct. It's just about being a, a a decent person. You know the things your mom told you to do when you were little. They said, you know, what do you say? Well, you say please. You say thank you. You do those things. And so. Um, I think that's part of it, doing the right thing. And that's with everybody, you know, everybody that we come in contact with at the school, um, from the guy who delivers our packages to um, the parent who's here for the first time, just be nice to them. Say, please say, thank you. Find out what's going on with them. And the other thing your mom told you, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, don't say anything at all. So that, and, and to and that, That'll, that'll cut down on gossip. That'll cut down on backbiting. That'll cut down on arguments and different. Just don't say anything at all because what? where is that supposed to fit into our Christian schools? It, it, in, and we're modeling this for our students as well. So if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything at all. And then I think on that as well, the do the right thing. We all make mistakes, Jenny. <laughs> and I have to be willing to say- 
yeah, I have to be willing to say, you know what, Jenny, I'm sorry I messed up. I messed up. I made a mistake there. And I was wrong. And I shouldn't have done that. Um, because we all have good days and bad days. And the funny thing about that is my colleagues and the teachers, they know it. They know when I make a mistake. But I think they just want me to own up to it sometimes. It's like everybody else knows that I made a mistake, but not me. And so when I acknowledge that and I say to you, hey, Jenny, you know, yesterday we had that meeting and I did this, that or the other. I shouldn't have done that. And I really, I apologize. And, and I, want, I want to change that and learn from those mistakes. So to me, that's what, and it's, it may be very simplistic, but do the right thing. Um, so, so that goes with that. And then the second one goes right in with it is to treat people right. Treat people right. Um, this is the golden rule, you know. How do you want to be treated? So, Jenny, when you ask me a question, I'm going to respond and I'm going to talk to you and we're going to be cordial to one another. If we have a disagreement, you would want me to, to come. You would, hey, Jenny, you messed this up. I'm, you, don't want, you don't want to be treated that way. And so how would I want other people to be treated? The other, the other part of that is um, having been in the classroom for a lot of years, I do feel like I have an understanding of what teachers are going through. And teachers go through a lot. Their days, no two days are the same. They have different challenges. And so I feel like treating people right for me as the principal means to try to make their lives as easy as I can. Um, being a Christian school teacher right now is, is difficult. And I understand that. And so how do they want to be treated? Which I think if I could interject here on the Christmas sign on that. So that's, that's where the idea came from is like, I saw when I was walking through the hallway one day in our school and it was like February and I look up and I see above the doorway, this sign that says, I believe in the spirit of Christmas. And I'm like, it's February. Why do we still have this sign up? You know, what's going on? And some of the teachers are like, oh yeah, we just saw it there. He left it. And I was like, all right. So I took it as an opportunity. And so what I did is I said, I'm going to make this interesting. And so I started hiding the sign around school. I would hide it in public places. I would hide it in teachers' classrooms, like right where they could see. But, you know, you're not, your, your attention gets drawn away from other things and this crazy sign doesn't show up. So if you find the sign, then you get, you get a Starbucks gift card. And so then we put it on our group thing and we start talking about it. And at the end of school, actually, um, I hit it again and I said, okay. And I don't know if I can tell how much I, (laughs) what the reward is for that. You want me to share that? Sure. So, so it went up from a $5 gift card to a $50 gift card. And then it went up, nobody, nobody found it. So I said, okay, if anybody finds it. I'll, I'll up it up to a $100 gift card. And so it's been hidden for like a month and a half now. And as a matter of fact, just yesterday, just yesterday, right before this, I had a teacher post on our group thing. I found the sign because I had hit it out in the parking lot, but underneath another sign, it was just barely sticking out. And so they found it and they were super excited about it. But I was going to say, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole reason for hiding the sign and that kind of stuff is to your point of trying to build that culture because it's something we do together. It's something that people get excited about and they look forward to doing 
when they come to the school. And it just adds to that excitement because like I said, teacher's days are hard. And so when you find something like this and you're involved in that and the other teachers are talking about it, I feel like it brings that sense of camaraderie togetherness and all of those things that you mentioned to build that cultures, though the culture. So. And if I can say something about that. So as I'm meeting your teachers, I had already met some. And then the way I met the others, well, not all of them, but a few others, they came running up to me, threw their arm around me and said, we need to take a selfie. And I was like, okay, take a selfie. Well, then I realized this is another one of the challenges they have been issued and they were all about it. And it sounds you know, to talk about it, it may sound silly or whatever, but it, it drew them together. And I love how you put that, it drew them together. And then, of course, from there, I learned all about the sign. And it was amazing how many of them had pictures on their phones of where the sign had been. Like, they are into it and they still have it. <laughs> but those things, see, those are the things that we want to do. And again, going back to treating people right, those are the things we want to do. But Jenny, how many times have you gone to a conference like, oh, I should meet new people and stuff like that. But your mind gets into, oh, I'm going to That's this right. session, to this session and all that other stuff. And so what I said is, let's be intentional about this and have something that they like to do. And it's fun. And it's it benefited everybody. You know, we're here today talking about this because of a silly little thing like take a selfie with somebody that you don't know. And so <laughs> what does that do? How many people are going to are going to listen or hear this or go through and say, you know, that's a great idea. The little things that we can do to build each other up. And this is not what we're supposed to do. That's exactly that's, right. That's what it is. So. Um, anyway, so that was the sign thing. And then the last thing on treating people right is, is I, I don't, I know teachers, <laughs> teachers are planners and they don't like surprises. And so as the administrator, as the, <clears throat> as the principal of the school, I don't want to give them surprises in their schedule. I don't want to change their, their last minute thing. Oh, by the way, we have this. And so I don't like that as a teacher. I try not to do that. I'm not perfect at it, but that's what I try to do so that we can all stay on the same page. And, um, you know, that's that's what it is. Great. And I, I love that. The ways you have found to encourage them. And like you mentioned, it is hard to be a Christian educator. And you're trying to lighten that load and come alongside, be an encouragement. And even something like not springing an assembly on them because you didn't plan ahead or whatever can be a blessing because they're not always living on edge. These sound so simple, but yet they're often overlooked for other things, you know, that tend to define us currently in our culture. You know, things like programs and sports, technology, fun and games even, or having an elite, elitist culture in your school. And what gets thrown aside, those relationships and those basics get set to the side. So it's really important to get back to the basics. So I appreciate what you shared with us there. And I honestly, I feel like I could pick your brain for hours on this. And what are some things you could leave for our listeners? Maybe a challenge or an encouragement to them, just some general thoughts as they too, like you said, culture is a team effort. So as teachers or administrators, whoever may be listening to this podcast, what is your challenge to them? Yeah, just a, a couple of things uh, I would say on that. I, I watched a, a TED Talk um, years ago it was by a lady, uh, Rita Pearson. It's called Every Child Needs a Champion. And one statement that stood out to me in that was that kids learn better from people they like. And so build relationships. Build relationships with these kids. Because again, if you go back to what we, you talked about before, and what I talked about is knowing your content. So all of those things are going to happen in the school. I mean, there's programs in place and we do things like that to make sure those happen. But 
build those relationships with those kids. So that, that's one thing that I would say. And then um, at, it's funny because I was having an orientation meeting today to talk about what we're going to do next year. And, and what I say to new teachers and people coming into this uh, calling, if, if God has called you to teach, if God has called you to, get to teach and giving you the gift of teaching, then it's our job to, to develop that ability to the best of our ability. Anybody else who's in ministry, they understand this and they, they, they you know, we don't, we don't, we don't criticize preachers for going to preachers conferences or musicians for going to mu- music conferences, different things like that. So if you have an opportunity to go to a conference or read a book on your own or do some different things like that, uh, God has called you to this and you need to develop that gift. Um, you, you definitely need to do that. And I would say, again, going on with that, you expect your kids, Jenny, we expect the kids in the classroom to be learning every day, right? We, we, we teach them lessons. We're like, didn't you hear what I said and teaching that and going through that? And we expect them to learn every day. And I say for teachers, we should have the same expectations. We should be learning every day. Um, again, podcasts like this, um, reading, going to conferences, doing things, we should be learning every day and developing um, the gift that God has given to us. And then um, the last thing I would say is uh, we, we all remember uh, that teacher you know, the one that you had growing up that was that teacher and they made an impact in our lives. They, they definitely um, said something, did something that just impacted us in a way. It usually isn't the content that they taught. It wasn't this great math lesson that they, they gave us, you know, they taught us, you know, how to add numbers or to do times tables or whatever. It was something about them. And it was because they build a relationship with you in some way. And I would say that the content is going to be there. Know your books, know your content, know your curriculum, know your lesson plans, put that together. But remember, and I I tell teachers this, we don't teach subjects, we teach students. And so remember that. Develop those relationships. Be that teacher that they talk about when they become an adult. Be that teacher and you'll, you'll have a great year. So if I could give some last minute stuff, that would be what I would say. And if that isn't motivating and encouraging, I don't know what is. Wow, that's been great. You've given us a lot to think about, and I'm sure I echo the thoughts of our listeners as well. So Kevin, thank you for giving us a sneak peek into your school and into your leadership. I really appreciate that. Before we sign off for today, let's take a moment for a question from a listener. And Kevin, don't go away just yet because I would love your input on this as well. So let's take a moment to listen. Hi, I'm Ken from Pennsylvania, and I'm a teacher. I like to do things well, and I like to try new things. I really do, but I've noticed that it seems to intimidate other teachers around me who don't have the same talents or experience, or it seems to anger others who want to do very little to get by. So how do I keep myself striving for excellence while still connecting with my colleagues? I think that's a very fair question, and I'm sure many of us have experienced a situation like that where we're giving 100%, 110%, but it isn't setting well with others who really don't have that drive or who allow it to become a tension point. And that can be frustrating and discouraging. Kevin, what are your thoughts? How would you answer and encourage that listener? Um, I would, a couple things that I would say is, first of all, I don't look at education and teachers, like I'm not in competition with you. 
It's not a competition. I'm I'm not trying to be better than Jenny or trying to be better. I'm trying to be the best teacher that I can be. So it's not a competition. I don't think it's an issue with that particular teacher. I think the issue is with those who are like feeling inferior because this teacher is trying something new. What I would say to that to that caller is get those teachers on board with you. Bring them with you. Say, hey, I'm, I'm, I want to try these things. What do you think? There's going to be some who are say, you know, they're comfortable. They just, they're, they're fine where they, they, they're, and that's, that's okay by them. But I'm not trying to make you look bad or to do anything. It's not, it's not me versus you. God has called me to teach, which is part of the reason why as, you, as we started off, you were reading all those things. I took those things on as a challenge as I need to become a better teacher all the time, always striving to do better. I think that's what we're called to do. And in the end, again, it's not a competition between you and me. I'm doing this, and I heard this saying a long time ago, it's for an audience of one. I'm doing it for him. And if you feel threatened by that, I, I apologize. It's not my intent. I love you. We're colleagues. We're working together. And ultimately, I'm trying to do the best I can to train the kids that God has placed in my classroom for this year. So I don't know if that answers the question or not, but I, I feel like that's that's where I would go with that. Yeah, those are great points. And I echo that completely. Ultimately, what we do, we do to please the Lord. And in a classroom setting, we're doing it for the best of the students. And that has to just stay as our focus. We have to keep focused on that. And at times it can be tricky. And I appreciate what you shared. Sometimes it's good to try to get to the root of the issue too. Is this a lack of creativity on the part of the other teacher or resources, maybe know-how um, is it a feeling of being threatened or, you know, by someone doing better? Or is it really just a lack of interest? And if there's a way to get to what is behind that response, it may also give some direction in how to respond and work with that colleague. And, you know, sometimes it's a facade for a lack of creativity and know-how. So they almost kind of are off-putting because they don't know how to do that. And that might be a great opportunity to find ways to do things together or share resources. And, and everybody responds differently. Yes. And so you don't know why they're responding the way they are. They may come across as like, hey, I'm offended, but they're hurt somehow. Or they're just like you said, they don't know how to process it. So if you come alongside of them, let them know, hey, sister, brother, I love you. Let's work together on this and we can maybe do something great for the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And for some, just setting them on a path to be more of a team player <laughs> is a good start. Sometimes overlooking the negativity when we respond to it, sometimes we inadvertently grow that situation, but instead just giving them a nudge or an encouragement to try something can, you know, just be what they need. And if it is just a sour attitude, like you said, we just have to keep focused on our calling and our mission. And that's our answer. We just have to do it for an audience of one. So I think that was an excellent question. And unfortunately, I think that's something that's faced more often than we'd like to admit. And, you know, that's why an episode like today is so important because, Again, that's part of that culture that we create. So, Kevin, thank you again for what you've shared. Thanks for taking your time to share with us. And you've given us a lot to think on. And I don't know if you have any closing remarks or any other things you'd like to add. Um, just to go along with it, I, I, again, teaching is hard. Teaching is Teaching can be difficult. And we do do it for an audience of one, but we do it together with our colleagues, with the people that God has brought with us and alongside of us. I'm not in competition with them. I need these people. They need me. And it's an interdependence that we have on one another. And that's what makes the culture work. You know, I know what your struggles are. I have the same struggles. 
you know, that I go through, they have different names, <laughs> you know, in the classroom, but they're, they're, they're very similar. And so just to know that somebody's there and sometimes just send a text to your friends, to your colleagues, Hey, I'm praying for you. Um, we also started this year. It was a, uh, blessings Friday, count your blessings Friday, where we share every Friday, the blessings, because it's so easy to get bogged down in the, in the mundane and in the hard and the difficult stuff. So fight against that. And that will help to build your culture. Excellent. What a great way to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheredition to submit questions for our upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and do follow us on social media. And now it's time to get back to your day. But again, it's not just any day because every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and his grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do.